Hey team, welcome back to The Pillars. I'm Dr. Reed uh, here with Chaplain Matt, and we're out in Oklahoma City this week at the 306 IS, and we're sitting down with uh, some 306 IS leadership and as well as some instructor cadre, and we're talking about resilience with these guys. And so uh, welcome to the show. I don't know if you guys are avid or frequent listeners to, to The Pillars. You don't have to disclose that uh, just now. But uh, I got Senior Carney with me here and Tech Sergeant Cody. And uh, guys, thanks for coming out and thanks for being willing to record with us today. Thank you so much for having us. This is a real pleasure. Well, if, you, uh, if you've ever listened to the podcast, you know that we have a resilience focus and we typically take a topic from week to week and, uh, and we try to help airmen, whether it's with something spiritual or social, mental and emotional. And we try to give people really practical tips, things that they can do in their lives to improve performance, or to, to be more resilient. And, um, you know, it's a really interesting mission that you've got here out of the 306. And I wonder, Senior Karen, if you can kind of break us, break down for us in brief, what it is you guys do here, what you're attempting to do on behalf of the Air Force. Absolutely, sir. So the, uh, the 306 IS is focused on training uh, effective combat aviation intelligence airmen. Mm -hmm. uh, we focus uh, two primary lines of effort. We train direct support operators uh, at our operating locations at Hurlburt and Cannon to go support direct threat warning missions on board a wide range of AFSOC platforms, as well as tactical systems operators that support technical surveillance missions in a wide uh, variety of locations and SOCOM platforms. Super important mission. It's been really great to kind of get know get to know more about what you do over the past year. And I know Chaplain Matt, it's been kind of an eye-opening experience for you just being new to the wing. Yes, it has. Yeah. So we we've just benefited tremendously from the the walking around and, and seeing things that you guys do today. It's really apparent uh, when you get here and uh, probably no more apparent than this morning when we were out there on the PT field with you guys, there's a good mix of young and old, right? So this is really the nexus of the, the seasoned Air Force and our, our brand new airmen. And some of us older guys were really struggling out there playing ultimate football in the wind. But um, that is really the mission, right? You guys are, you're here with the rising generation. So Tech Sergeant Cody, I'm just kind of wondering, you're a guy who's had, uh, I know you said you've been in around eight years um, and I can't, I can't remember where you were stationed, if it was both. Right, so I was in the very first 306. Okay. Um, I was about the 10th member of the uh, original 306 out of Beale Air Force Base, and then I left the 306 to come here to Oklahoma City as a part of the group, worked my way out of that to help uh, stand up the Air National Guard, and then I came back over to the 306. In the time that I was not in the unit with the 306, I was still training their guys for currency okay. and those requirements. So I've always been a part of the unit for eight years, but not directly for a good chunk of that. And if you don't, for our listening audience, you, you can't see this, but if you could look at Tech Sergeant Cody, he's um, he's a fit guy, <laughs> right? Absolutely. And now we, unit. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and now he's blushing. Yeah. But, um, but you mentioned before we even started recording, physical resilience is really important to you. And I, and I see that I see you as a guy in the unit who's really pushing that for the unit, coming up with challenges. For sure. Um, you know, I've been on both sides of fitness. So I have been up to 225 pounds and I've been in my absolute worst shape. And I've been down to 155 within the span of a year. You know, I've seen both components and I know when I feel best mentally and physically. And I can tell you that it was not at the heaviest point. So for me, it was really taking it serious. And that's what I try to 
relay to my students is that, you know, that's the one test in life that will never uh, void you is your health and your well-being. If you stay on top of it earlier in your career, it just pays off long term, you know, because I hate seeing a 22, 23 year old airman that is in terrible shape and that I just wish that I could help out. So I try to instill, you know, fitness components or um, healthier choices to make with your diet and nutrition versus the 40 year old who takes care of themselves perfectly and they are doing something um, active and also eating well. And it just makes a world of difference. And that's what I tried to model for the younger airmen today. That's great. That's great modeling, Tech Sergeant Cody. Uh, so I want to take this to the next level. So you've done the job. Correct. You've, um, you've done the mission. Uh, you have valuable experience to impart and mentor for the students. So with regards to on-the-job resiliency, uh, what, what would you try to impart to them? What are some of the messages you try to tell? Well, I have a pretty unique start to how I was in this job field. So it was all brand new out at Beale. And then there were some people who have been doing this for a while, but not in a big blue sense of the mission. So they kind of taught me some tips and tricks along the way, rubbed off to me, but I also learned the Air Force side of it as well. And so then, you know, I did some of those kind of typical airman things, right? And what I mean by that is that my spouse, it, uh, she was my next door neighbor in the dorms. And so the whole like tech school marriage or like a mill to mill marriage with this job's a little bit rough. Well, now we're about to be married for five years now. We've been together for eight. So I can kind of touch on that with the airmen too about, you know, like how some of these things that you hear, like they aren't always that accurate. And then I know some ways to teach them as to how all these components kind of work. Um, and then tying that into the job as well. Um, it is a high-paced job, especially for the younger airmen. From my time, I did three deployments back to back to back with minimal rest in between because that's what the mission called for. What I tell my students now, um, with a tempo like that, a good practice is to really mentally focus when you go home for the day to make time for your family or to make time for yourself. Senior um, Carney, you're nodding vigorously here. Is that, that kind of resonates with you? 100%. Yeah. So, I mean, I enlisted at the age of 25 and I was already married with a kid mm -hmm. and then had my other two daughters with uh, over the course of training. Um, and I didn't initially start out in this career field, but transitioned to it a little bit later. Uh, and I, I found like family is one of the most important elements. I have to put them first. Um, every time I've gotten a chance where the Air Force says you can make a choice, my wife is right there in the room with me making that choice. Um, I don't do anything without her vote because she's gonna, she's gonna suffer whenever I suffer and she's gonna celebrate whenever I celebrate. Help me out here because when I think about just developmentally, the, the group of folks that you're working with, they're just in that age bracket of folks who are, are used to or who feel like they can kind of burn the candle at both ends. And I'm looking at a couple of guys who've done the mission operationally. Um, you have a sense of what the impacts are. And if you kind of don't get resilience right or if you don't make the right investments, um, I'm hearing that you suspect that there's, there's going to be impacts to that. So how do you impart that to students who just don't have necessarily the context operationally to understand what the, what the risks or what the impacts could be if they don't start to establish habits, good habits now? 
I, I think from my experience, the most important part as a, as a leader, whether you're talking about an NCO leading students or a, 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 an officer leading a squadron, is to show a measure of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. um, you have to show them where you have faltered, where you've had a misstep, where you've been challenged, and where you've sought help. And because they're going to look up at you and they're going to see, here's somebody who is successful within this, this military, within this, uh, this organization, within this function, and they're still thriving today. Um, how do I get there? And when they see that you've been challenged and you've used the tools that we've got out there, whether we talk about some of the resiliency tools, um, you know, your mental health team, your chaplain, all those opportunities are out there that you can continue to serve and do outstanding work, that helps embolden them. And then encouraging them to be proactive, you know, get, get to those tools and, you know, Go talk to the doc before you think you've got an issue, not after you've got an issue. Yeah, have you seen where that hasn't worked out well, where maybe folks have kind of white-knuckled it longer than was really needful or helpful and they, and they didn't reach out? To... I think with our students now, they're in a great position because um, when they come to Oklahoma City, this is their first introduction to a place that's outside of AETC. And they're talking to a cadre that has almost been hand-selected to come here, and we have a ton of experience, and we're all very, very vocal, and we know how to communicate. A lot of struggle, especially within our career field, is that people are very internal. You're going to meet a lot of tactical systems operators who don't talk very much. And when you channel all of your emotions internally, you know that's when things go for the worst. But our cadre does a great job of getting these students to come out of their shell like you're in the actual air force now this is how we talk to one another this is how ncos help lead you and develop you and we are here for you so with our group here our students see those benefits and opportunities because we communicate to them very well and we encourage them to communicate to us and, and sergeant cody brings up a good point you know one of the elements that i i like to believe is somewhat unique to our community is uh within soft is that we're really big on you know first names uh, direct lines of communication personification you know humanization flattening organizations all that good stuff but a part of that is you know when we're deployed there's not a whole lot of room for personal space and this is very much a job that's out forward so trying to explain to people that you know I can't, I can't come in one day and be senior, you know, one day and then be carny the next day. I have to always be the same person because when we're out forward, we sweat together, we bleed together, we laugh together, we cry together. Um, there is not room for, you know, me to take on the put on the uniform and take off the uniform. We share everything. So this is their first taste of understanding that this is a family first and then a profession second. Yeah, I thought one of just a visual today that I got kind of walking around with you guys. Um, so we have this one airman who just finished up a, a flying sortie uh, just a, a half hour ago, and she's coming to sit down with her cadre member to kind of debrief that. And I just thought, how cool is that? That And, and I suspect this is true for other AFSCs and career fields, but maybe not all of them, maybe not enough. Uh, this airman is going to get some one-on-one -on -one time with an experienced cadre member, and that conversation is, of course, going to be focused on the flying sortie that they just did, but I'm guessing that there's time and opportunity in those encounters to really talk like life lessons. And uh, has that been your experience? And, and do, they, do they look for those opportunities with you? Yes, but I kind of had to pull some information out of the process. This was very, very early in my career as an airman. I was a senior airman who was an instructor flying with an E-7 who's wife left him the night before mm. he didn't tell anybody mm. and had i known this information he would have never flown that day mm. and um during the mission he 
literally took off his headset and said, I just can't focus today. And I said, that's okay. We'll just get through the rest of this flight and then we'll go talk about this afterwards. Mm -hmm. And uh, got, got off the flight. Sure, the flight was kind of important, but at the end of the day, it was him who was important. And, you know, me at the time, I'm 24, 25, you know, I'm going to talk to a senior NCO about this stuff. You know, like that was a pretty good challenge for sure. Sure. But it was a good separation of we're all people mm -hmm. and, you know, separate that flight, really care about the individual and go get the help that they need and they deserve. And Senior Carney, you're kind of in a, you're kind of in this role where you're taking care of the instructor cadre, right? So you are looking after the health and welfare of a bunch of people who've uh, done the job for many, many years, and they're entering this kind of new season of their career, maybe a slower, um, more thoughtful, reflective period of their careers when they're kind of consolidating their knowledge and, and trying to impart that again to the rising generation. What kinds of things are you looking out for from a resilience standpoint in terms of the guy who's responsible for health and welfare? What, what lessons are you mindful of and, and how are you looking out for your folks? I, I've told these guys as soon as they got here, your mission is the students, my mission is you. As long as you're doing right by our students, I will take care of you. So um, like any, you know, any good leader, I'm gonna, I try to stay involved with them. Hey, how's, how's your spouse? How's your kids? What are you doing? Where do you live? Um, what are you involved with? Um, I, I feel very, one of an, an important element of how I like to lead is, you know, care personally about somebody and the work takes care of itself. So, you know, I, I while I appreciate, you know, Tech Sergeant Cody as a person, I'm more important, uh, more focused on Cody as an individual um, and how can I take care of, of him. Uh, I'm, I'm really big on, you know, what's best for the individual is usually in, ends up being better, be, best for the Air Force. Uh, and so I'm always trying to seek out opportunities for them to, you know, take a knee, professionally develop, maintain some sort of relevancy within the, the broader career field, but also understand, hey, this is an opportunity for you to have a fairly reliable schedule for a period of time that not every one of our airmen uh, within our community gets. You know, take advantage of that. You know, go out for the weekend with your, with your spouse, reconnect, you know, take your leave, um, making sure that we've got enough manpower here to take care of the students, and then we can take care of each other. And then it's like anything else, you know, as you get to know someone personally, you know when they're not right, um, you know when they need help, but because you've built up that personal rapport, you've got the credibility that you can be like, hey, hey, Cody, you're not looking right today. I may not have the tools to help you, but I know people who can. Why don't we go talk to them? You know, it's it's hard not to notice when you walk around the unit and just interact with people. There's a, there's a really good family feel. I don't know if that's the right word, but there's just a, a real strong connection there. And I know that you guys are poised to grow. Well, I mean, just in the same way I ask these guys to take care of the students and I take care of them, you have to know what your bubble is. You know, what is it they say most people can only have about 150 friends and of those, maybe only about 10 are really close. Um, so I think it's very important, like you kind of establish your bubble. Here's my my direct reports, my one-to-one -one relationships. And I'm going to pour a lot of my energy into those folks. It doesn't mean I don't care about everybody else, but then on the flip side, I'm showing them how 
I, ex you know, how I expect them to lead and I need them to, I'm hoping to impart and I need them to do the same thing for their bubble of people who are below them so that they've got their family. And then we develop a family of families. And at the end of the day, we're all one community with a very hard shared culture um, with a lot of hard won lessons. And there's so much in common with what we've all done that, you know, even if I don't know every Tizzo in our squadron in a very, you know, close relationship, I at least have a, an understanding of where they've been, what they've accomplished, and how important it is. Yeah, you're saying maybe without saying the word heritage, but sort of imparting that to the airmen who come through here, how important is heritage to what you're preparing them to do? Yeah, and that's always a challenge too, any time that you grow. But with our base in particular and with our squadron, you know, we have a lot of type A personalities and we have a lot of very close-knit people. And we know that anytime that we inherit somebody else is that we bring them up to speed and into the family right away. We keep using the word family and I think that's just a great word and, and certainly part of family is telling stories, the story of us, right? And this morning earlier we were talking, we were talking about Ratchet 3-3 and kind of our, our own experiences around that. And those are the stories that I think are important to share with people. And that's kind of what I meant when I was talking about heritage, imparting those stories so that they connect and feel a part of uh, a community that's got some significant history. Sharing those stories is an important part of bringing people into the family. Absolutely. And, and even as we grow, you know, I've been now uh, in three different squadrons within this group, within this organization. And even before joining this, I uh, worked in the periphery work with this organization. It really doesn't matter what squadron you're with. We all know each other. We're all a very small community. Um, I joked when I moved from one squadron to another that I would know more people in that squadron than I knew in my old squadron. Mm -hmm. And as soon as we moved in there, it was like a, a homecoming. And you know, as well as I do in the military, it's never goodbye, it's always see you later. Speaking of see you later, uh, we're, we're kind of coming to uh, maybe a natural end of the podcast. But um, before we let you go, I do want to ask you guys kind of a rapid fire question. And so both of you can be thinking about this. But we often ask the question, like, if you had a billboard uh, and you could kind of broadcast any message, something you think is important, um, what would that be? And I'll, I'll let you think about that for a second. Uh, we just wrapped up our resilience tactical pause uh, uh, and I know you guys did that as a unit together just here recently. And uh, so I'd like to kind of cage it a little bit. If you could think from a, a resilience perspective, you've got a student population here, or you've got an instructor uh, cadre here. What is like the one thing from a resilience perspective you are eager to impart to them while you have them kind of in your clutches? Cody, let's start with you. I think it's kind of a complex question. Um, I'm actually kind of taking a college course right now for ethics, and there is a topic amongst this, and I brought it up in a sense and it's just about decision making and what I would tell these students is that they're going to grow they're going to be supervisors friends mentors one day you have to make really tough decisions and the advice that I would give is look at the biggest overall picture and try to insert your pieces best as you can um, not every decision that you make is popular but sometimes you have to make those tough decisions to try to get the best possible outcome. And, you know, sometimes they are very challenging, but if it's towards the accomplishment of the mission, awesome. But look out for the other person as well. Look out for yourself, because if you don't have the right people in place and you won't be able to get anybody done. And if they're not well off, you're gonna have a bad product relationship, 
all those things. Love it, love it. All right, Senior Kearney, you've had a second to think. So I think the, the biggest thing that I try to impart on folks is to, to be a family. Um, the profession of arms is not normal. This is not a job, this is a passion. Um, you know, you don't have coworkers, you have brothers and sisters. We don't have room for professional barriers when we're getting after a, you know, a moral driven passion when we're getting after the profession of arms. So take care of each other, understand that it's the hedgehog's dilemma, right? The closer we get to each other, the more we can hurt each other. Um, as the hedgehogs get closer, right? Those spikes start to hurt. Um, that, so that means that we do have opportunities where we can hurt each other. But that's important. We have to be willing to accept that where we're going to be a little bit vulnerable, whether we're talking about leaders or as airmen. We have to leave room for that. We have to be willing to do that. Well, you guys, we really appreciate the opportunity to sit down with you. It's been a great time visiting with you guys. Thanks for your candor. I appreciate your leadership and just, again, taking care of this rising generation of Dizzos and Tizzos and preparing them for the important work that they've got ahead of them and really ensuring that they kind of start off on the right foot from a resilience standpoint. Um, thanks to both of you guys. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. All right, guys, that wraps up another episode of The Pillars, the podcast of the 363rd ISR Wing. I'm Dr. Reed. I'm Chaplain Matt. I'm Senior Carney. I'm Sergeant Cody. And thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Take care.